Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Link- Linktree. You can listen to our shows and download by going to warren-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warren-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Do not miss this post. Partakers of Christ. Partakers of Christ, the bare-knuckle fact of faith is that it is just that. Faith, you believe first, then continue to trust until it happens. Do not miss this post. American Truth of Men, Donkeys and Elephants. American Truth of Men, Donkeys and Elephants address issues that are pervasive. Truth is relative to who is speaking it. And do not miss this post, America Taking the Kingdom Away. America Taking the Kingdom Away is one article that many will not read. This frightens people. I tell you here and now, many years ago, I was bluntly told by the Lord that America as you know it will cease to exist. The latest post on warn-usa.com. Do not miss this post, kept by the Power of God series. We are on the edge of of oblivion and looking at the abyss at times. Fear, anxieties, troubles, and divisions are rife. Yet, in the center of this storm lay the presence and power of God. Do not miss this post. Righteous Relationship Secrets of God and Men, Part 2, on Sound the Shofar. We follow the righteous in this as we look at the secrets of God in this series. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the Watchman, Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising details a takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk. Dark forces are plotting to bring the country into the globalist new order. So you can buy your copy on warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. 
and be sure to sign up for the WIBR newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com and there you can visit our Christian books and resource shop and we feature the rising. And now I welcome in the watchman. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome to Thursday. Battle lines. Yeah, and we have, uh, let's see, we voted Tuesday. And it's still two days later in decision. Okay. Yeah. And they're saying it's going to be longer. Now, the last time they did this, they cheated. And already, the Lindell already had tracking uh, on, this, on the very day of voting that, that there was suspicious activity. And uh, if that weren't enough, I heard, uh, and I can't remember which state it was, they weren't going to abide by certain regulatory laws concerning voting. Probably California. I don't know. I can't remember. You know, and, and of course, Newsom won handily. And, uh, you know, I, for the life of me, I don't understand how these people Oh, I know. In places like that, which are act like they're more socialist than anything, how they can keep getting reelected by people. I mean, don't people have any sense? Don't they know? You know, when you vote for them, that means you're okay with their oppressive socialists. Well, agenda. I, I just think they don't want a Republican in there because they listen to the lies that uh, they're going to ruin the democracy and take away people's social security. Well, the only group that works to take away stuff, and that is uh, the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party. See, they listen to the lies of the Democrat Party saying they're going to, the GOP is going to ruin the democracy. But in fact, what they really are saying, they're going to ruin the Democrats, the Democratic Party. Yeah. That's what they're afraid of. The Democrats are very afraid of that. So they spew out all these lies and people buy into them. 
Okay, I guess that's enough of politics, huh? Well, we haven't discussed it much, and I don't intend to. You know, it is what it is. Well, you know, I remember back in the day, you voted on Tuesday, and Tuesday night, after the polls were closed within a few hours, you knew what the results were. Yeah, you did. And those were all hand counted. Yes. So the bottom line of it is, is there, there are a lot of Democrats that don't mind cheating, including regular voters. So that's the way it is. And of course, in this thing, we had the rhinos who actually worked against Trump. And of course, uh, you have all that scenario. At any rate, we're moving on. Okay. We do have, uh, hard to believe, we're, what are we, two weeks, three weeks away from Thanksgiving? I think just a couple weeks. Yeah, and then we're going to be in Christmas. It's going to be the end of the year. Can you believe that? And then a new year, 2023. Wow. Oh, I know. It just, like, moves so fast. It does. And so, uh, 2023. Well, we'll probably keep doing our three shows. we got to finish the Isaiah series. We're at part 150. Yes. And... Uh, that represents 150 hours of, of in-depth teaching in this book. And we're going to be in chapter 50 pretty soon. So after chapter 50, we only have 16 more chapters. <laughs> and uh, so at any rate, it's been a it's been a fun ride. It really has going through Isaiah. Yes, Isaiah is very interesting, and it covers so much. And I think a lot of this in Isaiah applies to us today. I do too. I mean, you can pick up on points definitely. You know, and I, I think that there is no doubt that this is one of the most relevant uh, books, you know, in the Old Testament. Yes, it is. But I like a lot of others, so. So at any rate. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and do this. Okay. I have Graven the Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 150, on Babylon's. I have graven thee, the Lord makes this statement to a people that has had 70 years of judgment. The Lord and his blessing had left Judah as she faced horrific judgment. But in this judgment is mercy, for he intended to return them to their former status as his people. Here included is the ones whom would carry the very laws and proclaim them as they see full restoration of the tribe. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. We are here. You know, when when I look at this week, I have grave in the past tense. And um, although Judah felt 
forsaken, and you would after 70 years. You lost your pro your prophets. You lost your uh, priests. You know the priesthood. You lost your city. The temple was destroyed. You could have easily, you know, thought that it was all over, and and it, and it generally, you know, was all. To that people and then after 70 years and that's really where we're at now and I, I like this if, if you've ever had an engraving tool and I've got one in my drawer somewhere and you can do metal and you can engrave whatever you want to on there but God says, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. And uh, so Jehovah is relating a closeness here by that phrase, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. And the walls are continually before me. And of course, they were broken down. And so... You know, if you were to look before the 70 years was up, you would see a desolate Jerusalem. There had been people there. Um, but everything that Judah was doing would be gone. You know, uh, the temple, the worship, the whole nine yards. Uh, but here he says, your walls are before me. God knows very well what, what goes on. But he takes a personal approach here. You know, yeah, you've been forsaken. Only you weren't forsaken. You felt like you were forsaken. And this reminds us of Paul, which in talking to Christians, says the, Lord, the Father who chastens us relates to us as a father to his son, you know, or to his daughter. He will chasten them to get them back on the right path. And so part of the thing is not just, you know, with Jehovah now, is not just getting them out of Babylon, but getting them back to Jerusalem, getting the walls rebuilt, get the temple rebuilt, get the people back into <clears throat> keeping the law and not violating, you know, their relationship to Jehovah by doing things that aren't right. Now, of course, if you, if you look at Christians today, you know, there is a place we're to be too. As Christians, we're not supposed to be out there messing around in the world, uh, delving in sins, the things of the flesh. Now, Paul talks about that. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We're in the new covenant now. And the fact is, it's still a relationship. And I think that's what we need to understand. And we're not unlike Judah. 
Not at all. Matter of fact, the Lord said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And so, Yahshua coming, Jehovah coming, uh, I mean, Yahweh, <laughs> the Son of God. If you've seen the Son, you've seen Jehovah, you've seen Yahweh. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I mean, when he came, in him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And so there is a relationship. And don't let any pastor or any teacher tell you any different. And you can find a simple uh, teaching on this. I mean, a simple sentence or two in 1 John chapter 1. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A relationship. You walk in the light. And the New Testament is full of the analogy of walking in the light. And the light is in the knowledge of the Lord and obeying him. And likewise, when they were in the Old Testament and Judah was doing things correct, and they kept the law and they did everything according to the temple worship and, you know, they were doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But even during the prophets, they even prophesied of the coming of the Messiah. And so, you know, the children of Israel, when, when the Lord came, they didn't uh, reject the coming of a Messiah. They rejected the Lord. Uh, who came. They didn't recognize him. He went to his own and his own received him not. But they would talk about the Messiah, try to figure it all out. It surprises me that they didn't think to trace his lineage back because he was born in the right place, exactly where the scripture said. So, in Isaiah 26, 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gate that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Now that whole phrase emanates promises to Judah. But see, Judah had a long, uh, a long stretch there where they definitely weren't where they needed to be. And of course, we've discussed when Hezekiah finally showed up. And he showed up on the cusp of a very nasty, lawless king who had preceded him. And see, you're not going to win any favors with God that way, just like America used to be a Christian nation. That's what we used to call it growing up. It was known as a Christian nation everywhere in town, everybody there, there was the Sunday law, you know, nobody was open on Sunday. We went to church on Sunday. Everybody did. Everybody was, you know, 
one one of the denominations or independents. I mean, that's what we thought. You wouldn't do. You wouldn't make that mistake today, because we are a wicked nation, and there are Christians here who who aren't wicked. But uh, you, you see, the thing of it is, Judah, their whole relationship was built on keeping the law. And following the name of the Lord, and the Lord dealt with them to bring them back. In the same way, the Lord deals with uh, nations today the same way, and he also deals with Christians to walk in the right ways before him. But I like this verse, Isaiah 26, 1 through 4. In this day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city and salvation will point for walls and bulwarks. It's really interesting that the emphasis in here, he has gates and he has walls. Because when you look in Revelation at the city of God, the new Jerusalem that comes down, and they tell you that all the levels, the cornerstone, they tell you, you know, that which is built upon the apostles and the prophets and uh, you know you have the whole thing right there and when when you have that particular city on this earth God is going to live here with us and that will literally be salvation because God will be here and it says open the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter in that applies to Christians today our truth is through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And no, nothing unclean is going to go through the gates of Zion when the Lord comes back. So there, there's a lot of types in here. We can read this, and, and there's a lot of Christians that like this verse. There's, we see this, and we can get in the church, and, and we can rejoice and sing and, and be happy because we see the new Jerusalem with us in it. Isaiah 49:17 Thy children shall make haste thy destroyers and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee Now I like this because there there's one thing even today as a Christian when you become saved as we call it it's always past tense because we're to live by faith And and I know I've had had Jews that I've talked to that said I suppose you think you're saved now Well it's past tense that's the way it is Yes, we are, through Yahshua, and believing upon him. But the context of it is, we believe it, but it doesn't become fulfilled until Yahshua comes back. Nevertheless, in this one, you know, you have children are going to make haste. And, of course, this follows in the context of the walls and the city and of course the walls are falling so everybody's going to be working on it but they specifically mention children but it also says that you, you, you know your destroyers and these are the ones who were responsible for making you waste and they're going to go forth with thee. in other words they're going to leave and if we look at you know where they went they went to Babylon 
And the children of Israel left Babylon and went back to their city, Jerusalem, and their land. And the destroyer, Babylon itself, was no more. And Cyrus, the Persian king who defeated him, is the one that took over. But the whole thing of it is, is that even for Christians, you have an enemy when, you know, before you ever get saved. And then when you get saved, you know, there's that place where you've asked the Lord and you've repented and you've come to him. Well, you know, all the devils in hell want to, want a bite of you. But the thing of it is, because of the power of the redemption through Christ, you know, it plainly says there, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Even for the weakest Christian, in the name of Jesus Christ, these enemies will flee. And if you're a seasoned Christian, if you've been around for a while, if you're having problems, you know, with bad thoughts and things, you rebuke them in Jesus' name. You rebuke the spirit behind these things in Jesus' name. There is a power through the gospel of Christ. Not only that, the Lord says that my spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. Now you see, back in the Old Testament, they didn't have that. Now the prophets had the spirit of God come upon them once in a while. But when we see Joshua come, he had the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The, the power, the full power of the Holy Spirit was upon him 24-7, all the time. There, there's not a second that he was here that he didn't have that full power. And so, you know, when the children of Israel did get down there, they did have some opposition. There is, there is truth to that. And we read it in Scripture. But the enemy that meant to destroy them in their city... These are the ones that weren't around. And so the deliverance can be full because you're leaving. You're delivered from the enemy. You're delivered out of captivity. And your enemy does not have the power. Now, he can bother you. He can say things, give you thoughts. He can stand up on a horizon, you know, and try to scare you. But see, the problem you have for them, not for you, is the fact that they had been destroyed. And see, this is, this is the deliverance that they had. And you see Israel today, they're in the land, and, and they just got done with their fifth election in a short time. And they want to have this government last the full time. And so they're really hoping, and Netanyahu is the one that was able to form a coalition, that they could keep the, keep the government. But the government split last time over a little thing in the desert, the Negev and the Bedouin. And, and there is a good story put out um, by some friends of ours from Israel, Moaz Israel. Yeah. Well, it was on all Arab news, but this oh, is okay. th this itself was on um, 
Moaz Israel because it was part of their newsletter about the Bedouin tribes and the problems that there is in Israel. So there's a lot of problems in Israel, but they're still in the land and they have a government and there's a lot of Messianic believers there. And uh, one of the biggest groups, uh, Moaz Israel, there's a lot of things there and, and there's a lot of hope uh, for Israel right now. In Isaiah 51, 21 through 23. Now, of course, this is a couple chapters ahead of where we're at, but it says, Therefore, hear now this, thou afflicted and drunken, but not with wine. Thus saith the Lord, and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people, Behold, I have taken out of thy hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury, and thou shalt no more drink it again. And I'll put it into the hand of them that afflict thee, which have said to thy soul, Bow down, that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground and as the street to them that went over. And when you're a slave, that's what they can do. They can run you over in the street, and nobody's going to do nothing. And so this is... <coughs> this really talks about... Uh, you know, the power of the Lord. But the thing that we take note of, the cup of trembling and the dregs of the cup of my fury, you see those symbols of the cup and everything, even in Mystery Babylon. Isaiah forty nine eighteen, Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all, as with an ornament, bind them on thee as a bride doeth. And so, as I live, and that's, as I live, saith the Lord, a customary form of an oath. This is when Yahweh swears it as a solemn assurance that the event shall as certainly occur as he has an existence. As he is alive and always been alive, surely this thing will come to pass. And I like this. Shall surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament, and bind them on thee as the bride doeth. Now that's Zion. And of course, if you if you go back in into Revelation, and you look at the heavenly Jerusalem, the angel says to John, "Come see the bride, uh, the new Jerusalem coming down." And so, even in the New Testament, you know, the bride is coming down the new Jerusalem is coming down as a bride and she, she's coming to the, to the believers, to the Lord himself, to his kingdom. I mean, you see, this language is throughout the Bible. This language is both in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So to think that God split both covenants up or to think that God didn't always intend to have a people and and to have them as his people, as a bride, you know, as a people that uh, would honor him, and he would honor them back.
and, and this is really about prophecy. This is about the assurance of Yahweh. This is about the hope. This is about redemption. And this is about living with enemies who don't believe it and would do anything to destroy you. And Israel is one of those states and that the enemies, if they could destroy her, every Jew on earth, including Jerusalem, they would be happy. But see, they're never going to get it done. God will never allow that. There is not going to be another holocaust. Now we can see in prophecy before the Lord comes the war that's coming and there is going to be death there. And we can see for Christians in the great tribulation. Well, there's a lot of Christians that don't believe they're going to be here. But let's put it this way, going up to the tribulation, if you don't believe or you're going to be there, that's okay with me. I don't care. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. You know, we're going to go through some trouble and the Lord is going to take care of us. But nevertheless, there's that place that we can be found in the Lord, not only for protection and safety and direction, but in hope. Because, you know, God has a place and we are in prophecy. Uh, Hebrews 6, 17 and 18, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. The immutability, it cannot be challenged. It is perfect. You know, it will always come true. It is finite. It is forever. It is fixed. When he says it, it's done. Now it's confirmed. Now this is in Hebrews that by two immutable things, this is what makes it immutability, is that it's impossible for God to lie. To lie. And, and see, that's why we have in Scripture in the New Testament, for without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, in order to come to God, in order to even believe Yahshua, in order to receive him, understand Calvary, you have to believe that there's a God. If you don't believe that there's a God, and you refuse to believe there's a God, one day you're going to stand before him and know there's a God, and you realize your mistake, but it's going to be too late. But see, this immutability, you're not challenging it. You're a human. You're finite, not infinite. And so little pompous you wants to say God doesn't exist and you don't care about his immutability. Well, it doesn't matter. Except your soul is going to pay for it. God isn't going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. He offered this to you for free. He gave his son for you. So it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. So that's one of the reasons we can believe. And it's not just about the New Testament and the covenant. 
But it's the same way with Israel and how God swore to them and took care of them. He sent Judah into captivity for a reason. He brought them out for a reason. He's established them for a reason. So it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us. And as Christians, that's what we look at, the hope set before us. And see, the children of Israel were to look up and see the deliverance that is going to come to them, that God would perform it, that God is not going to lie. See, and that even also, not only that, if we reflect on the time of the Messiah, he's coming not just for Gentiles, but he's primarily, the gospel went to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. God intended to save the Jews. But he also intended to save the Gentiles. Now Albert Barnes reads this part of it here. The sentiment is that the ascension of the large number of converts under the Messiah to the true church of God would be the real ornament of Zion and would greatly increase her beauty and loveliness. Well, see, your righteousness shines if you're a soul winner. Your righteousness shines. And so when we look at this, there would be a beauty. You know, you can see in Revelation, the picture is the saints are all dressed in white and they delineate that afterwards by saying, which is the righteousness of the saints. So there is going to be a glory, an ornament, a gold, a, a beauty, an everlasting whiteness and glory that you've never seen anywhere that would encompass the Zion. And of course, you know, we, we look at the broken down uh, walls, you know, what had happened. It's hard to see this, but see, we're looking here at a future when all this other stuff has been gone. It's gone. But see, when the Jews came back and they went back to Jerusalem, even with broken walls, that place looked beautiful. And, you know, America takes a lot of things for granted. It really does. And, and the sad thing of it is, is that the way America is going, there may be a lot of suffering for this country because of our own ignorance, our own stubbornness, and our division. Because a divided house cannot stand. But see, all of this exudes here in Isaiah, this section, hope, the promise of God, and the truth of him fulfilling his work in his people. See, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory in the New Testament. It's Christ in us who's the hope of glory. We get redeemed by him. We live and die by the commands of God. 
we get fed and nurtured by the commands of God. Everything we live and exist and breathe and move is because of the Lord. Even if you're a sinner, he will allow you to still enjoy the blessings of what he has created. That he might win all those to him. Now in Isaiah 49.19 For thy waste and thy desolate places, this is the land over which ruin has spread. And we even see some of that when Hezekiah was in and the Assyrians were coming down through the land. They destroyed it the same way. And the land of thy destruction, the land laid in ruins, their entire country laid in waste. So it was a land of desolation. This is what the children of Israel came back to, uh, Judah came back to uh, after the 70 years shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallow thee up shall be far away. Now you see it says here, shall be too narrow. And, uh, you know, the regathering of the people of God is something very, very prominent in the end of days, and is very, very prominent in the time we're living in. And even Israel under the new government, which Netanyahu is doing, talks about Aliyah. They're, they have maintained some of the critics of Aliyah, Aliyah. It, uh, that is uh, the Jews around the world to come back to Israel. And uh, they've maintained it's too easy and that some of them that are coming back aren't really Jews. So they want to make sure. But make no mistake, they're going to come. All who are Jews are going to come back to Israel. There's a flood. And, and we're in that regathering now. And so, you know, it's about the conversion. That's about coming to the true and living God. And according to Albert Brooks, I found this interesting. That's why I put it in here. You know, he talked about Palestine, the territory of Palestine. Now, that doesn't mean we're talking about the Palestinians over there. The whole land was called Palestine. But when you get all of the children of Israel back, all of the people of God, that the land itself, will be incapable of sustaining everybody who will acknowledge the true God and who shall be regarded as his friends. And so the enemy's gone and God's prosperity and blessing will come again to Zion and my holy hill, as it's referred to, comes back to loveliness and blessing. Well, you can, you can actually see that in regards to Israel today. When Israel first went back into the land, there were always Jews in there. But when they started coming back and they got, in 1948, the land, it was like a desert there. And I forgot what famous writer uh, went into the land. And uh, he wrote about it. And you would know him. I can't think of his name. But he went back to Palestine, went back before anything. 
And he said, it was just a desert. Who wants to go live there? And uh, <laughs> now you go there. And there's one thing about Israel. They have found out to grow stuff in a desert. And I was reading an article that the other one I was talking about, the Bedouins, uh, Israel plants so many trees on a certain holiday all the time. That's what they do every year. And they have found a way to water the trees and grow them in a desert, clear out in the middle of nowhere. And so it, it's, it's interesting to see. Even the Jews talk about what it is. And, and I've talked to people who came back from there who talked about how big the fruit was and everything. And, and remember, there was nothing there when they went back. So when we talk about blessing, and you might say, well, Israel isn't saved. Yeah, but they're God's chosen people. He's going to deal with them. And he's not going to forsake them. And so, and of course, we get into these things. Well, there's two ways of salvation. No, there's only one through Yahweh. Yahshua. And so, I like this. Restoration. That's the best part of this, is that we're in the part of restoration. We're not in the part of judgment. Now, America is in the part of mixed up. We're in the part where God applies pressure through testing and trials to bring a people who once had a nation that they considered Christian and has now become pagan and very base and immoral. That's America today. And you could make the argument, well, the nations have met are the same way. They are. They all are. But I can't do nothing about the nations of men. I'm living here in America, and we were considered a Christian nation. You can't say that today. Now, in Zechariah 2, 4 through 9, now here's a prophecy talking about restoration of Jerusalem. And he said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle thereof. Matter of fact, Ezekiel 38, before that occurs, it talks about being inhabited as towns without walls. That's one of the things that when that Ezekiel 38 comes, it comes upon a place known as Jerusalem, inhabited as a town without walls for the multitude of men. In other words, they're living in safety. For I say, if the Lord will be under her, a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. And of course, we see something exactly like that when we read in Revelation and Jerusalem and being surrounded. This is after the thousand-year millennium. Anyway, you can find it all in there. Uh, verse 6, Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heavens, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwellest with the daughter of Babylon. See, that's where they were because of judgment. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. For behold, I'll shake my hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants. 
and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Of course, that's Zechariah. And this is really, again, when he wrote this, this was about Jerusalem is going to be inhabited. Babylon had mistreated Judah, and the Lord was going to judge him, which he did. So these are interesting, very interesting scriptures. Verse 20 of Isaiah 49, The children which thou shalt have, after thou hast lost the other, shall say again in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. <laughs> you know, and people even today, when they talk about Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, and we know the size from the computation in scripture. Well, is it going to be big enough? And uh, Paul here in, in Galatians 4 speaks a little bit about some of this. Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. And many times we see this female characterization of both the church and Jerusalem and Israel. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. And of course, that's, that's Galatians. Hosea 1.10 says, Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as, a, as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass, that the place where it was said unto them, You are not my people, there shall it be said unto them, You are the sons of the living God. Remember, in this particular section, you know, we're talking about a people that was forsaken, that God turned his back. They went to Babylon for 70 years. That was the judgment. And then when it was over, God moved to bring them back. But see, you can't get away from the children of Israel. And you can't get away from the new covenant. You can't get away from the prophets who were Jews, who received a Jewish Messiah, and who talk about the new Jerusalem, who talk about the coming Messiah, the Lord of Lords, a King of Kings, who is going to restore both houses. He's going to bring everybody unto him, Jew, Gentile, male and female, all in one. And so, you know, the Jerusalem on earth is not going to contain everybody. So it's got to be a supernatural thing. And that's why we look at the new Jerusalem descending down from heaven and the fact that God is going to remake the heavens and the earth.
because the Lord is the creator. And of course in verse 21, Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive and removing to and fro? Who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Now see, there again, when you really get into the context of the scattering of the children of Israel, you will be surprised where they come from. But see, he's talking about them as they go back. And all of a sudden, Jerusalem fills up again. The great multitude comes. And the people that are watching this are astonished as to where they all came from. And the whole image is that of a mother who is deprived of children. Now suddenly everybody arrives and she can't believe where they all came from. And when you look at Israel and you could look at the church of God, you know, even Israel has grown and survives. And there's always new people making Aliyah to Israel. And yet the gathering is not done. As far as the Christians and the believers in Yahshua, it's amazing how many people there are worldwide in every nation who are true believers. And they are part of the family of God. Isaiah 54, 3 through 8. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. Thy redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. For the Lord has called thee as a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Now that describes perfectly Judah and how God's going to bring him back. But he's also going to bring back the lost tribes of Israel, the northern tribes who were scattered. And also the believers found in Yahshua that are scattered hither and yon globally. But see, this specifically, you know, you were forsaken. You went through trouble. You didn't have any hope. You didn't know how you were going to get back. But suddenly the mercies of God came upon you. The promises of God led you. And the kindness of God restored you. And the mercy of God was there 
to nurse your wounds and to heal you permanently. That is the Lord your Redeemer. And he is the Redeemer of the Jew and the Gentile, of all those who call upon the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this word. Bless all those that hear this whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. That's a great word on mercy. I'm thankful for the Lord's mercy. I, I look forward to it more and more every day. Those are, I love those verses. Oh, I do too. I think they're great. You know, and when you think of Israel and them being scattered, you know, that, you know, not even all the, you know, all the Jews are there in Israel. They're scattered all over the earth. I know, it's hard to believe that they'll all be gathered together in Israel. Yeah. That's true. You know, that's our hope, His mercy. Especially yeah. when we see all this trouble going on around us. He's our hope. He is our hope. And I really like this because, you know, talking about God bringing back Judah. I mean, look at the Gentiles through Yahshua. We've got to be brought back too. we got to be fulfilled. We're waiting for Him to come back. We don't want to live amongst all this sin and rebellion. We want to be redeemed. We want to be with the Lord. That's yes, the hope we, we have. And that's the same kind of hope that God gives all people, including the Jews. The Lord is here for everybody. Well, we're going to, going to have to say good night. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us whenever you do. We're always glad that you're here. We love you. We hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. We pray for you. Please pray for your brethren around the world and pray for us. Be safe. And take care. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Listen to the shows, read the articles. Don't forget to look up in our nav bar. We have a lot of series of teachings and things and articles. Also, pick up a copy of my book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. You'll find links both at warn-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Be blessed. Nurture your hope in the Lord. He will redeem you fully. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.